1: You're listening to a Zweig Letter Podcast exclusive, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru, Mark Zweig, and his team of experts, Straight Talk, in your ear. Mark has more than 30 years of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver his invaluable management, industry, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcast let you develop professionally, wherever you are.
0: Hey, good afternoon, folks. This is Randy Wilburn here from Zui Group. I'm excited to get started for our second session of uh, Becoming a Better Recruiter. We are going to talk about recruiting, relationships, and marketing today. And, and uh, I do apologize. We had some technical difficulties with our, our original um, try at this. And so we've gotten together uh, with uh, some outstanding people here in the background at get that have. Um, been able to keep this thing running smoothly, and so we're going to take a second stab at this, and hopefully it turns out the way that that um, uh, we had intended it to turn out yesterday. So, just a little bit about Zui Group, and um, again, you know, I, I I will I must say this before we move forward. You know, these these things when you, whenever you do these live events or you try to record an event, you always run into some technical difficulties, and. You know, my, my only advice to everyone out there is just go with the flow and make it work. Uh, at the end of the day, we want you to walk away with the best quality content that's possible, and so um, certainly I hope that that will uh, will be the case today. So let's continue to move forward. Um, just to tell you a little bit about the Zwig Group, um, we are a we've been in business since 1988. Um, we were recently rebranded from Zwig White to Zwig Group. And uh, we focus solely on the architecture, engineering, planning, environmental consulting and construction industry. Uh, We come from your industry, so we know a lot about how you guys operate your businesses. And so that's something that's really important to us as an organization, as a company. Uh, We've three times been named to the Inc. 500, 5000 list of fastest growing privately held companies. And I think that is not only singularly important because of the achievement, but it also basically says that we practice what we preach. Um, We're not here just talking out of a textbook. We're actually doing what we actually tell our clients to do. And then lastly, I mean, our goal essentially in a nutshell is that we exist to make you more successful both as individuals within the industry as well as as an organization or company. And so um, that's always been our mission since day one when the company was founded back in 88. And so we continue to operate that way. So what we want to talk about today um, simply from the the idea of recruiting relationships and marketing is to give you an overall guide and understanding of of what it takes to build a strong um, and viable recruitment and retention apparatus within your organization. And so whether you are using uh, external recruiters or you have an internal recruiting group, all the information that we are sharing with you uh, will be beneficial to help you run your organizations more effectively. And, you know, I want to s- kind of start off with a simple quote that Mark Zweig uh, has always shared uh, with us, and it's something that he firmly believes in. And, you know, for those of you that don't know Mark, Mark cut his teeth uh, in the recruiting ar- arena before he actually got started in the design industry. Uh, he actually recruited Um, people in the design industry as well as construction management field uh, back in St. Louis um, almost more than 30 plus years ago. And, you know, that was this recruiting and executive search was actually one of the first foundational consulting um, services that we offered here at Zwei Group, And so, you know, this is something that's always been near and dear to Mark. And one of his favorite quotes, um, which sh- which he's always shared over the years and uh, I'm sharing here in this uh, webinar is simply that your job as a recruiter is not to keep bad people out, but rather to get good people coming in. And I think too often we miss that aspect of it, um, especially for a lot of you that are in HR. And again, HR folks, please don't throw me under the bus. I'm not throwing you under the bus, so don't take this too seriously. But the reality is, is that a lot of HR people are gatekeepers in their own respective organizations. And sometimes it does limit those firms ability to bring in really high quality talent because people are constantly trying to keep bad people out. The reality is, is that we work in an industry where there is a very finite resource of people. And so we have to look at everyone as a potential opportunity from a talent acquisition perspective. And that's why we have to kind of change our mind, change our thinking in the way that we approach this because it's really important uh, for us as organizations, whether you're a uh, engineering firm, architectural firm, landscape architecture, uh, environmental consulting, planning firm, uh, construction management, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is we always have to be thinking proactively from a recruiting perspective. Um, So it's just something that you want to think about. Your job as a recruiter is not to keep bad people out, but rather to get good people coming in. So when we talk about recruiting and we talk about relationships, recruiting is all about relationships. It's a long term process that if done well, can pay off handsomely. Um, one of the things I'm always telling firms and firm owners and you know hiring managers is that you have to learn to give as much information as you get right. Um, one of the things that prospective people considering working at your firm need to know about is the overall firm culture of the organization. What's it like on a daily basis to be there and, and that's something that you really want to be transparent about because it will help you in the long run. Um, again, these relationships that you build are both uh, important for internally between HR and hiring managers, as well as externally between your firm and the available talent pool. You want to make sure that everybody has an understanding of what your goals are when it comes to talent acquisition. Um, You want to make sure that all your hiring managers are on the same page in terms of how they represent the firm. What are some of the key attributes that? that at every given opportunity, when you're talking to someone about working at your firm, that those attributes are highlighted and mentioned. And then externally, when you are reaching out to people, whether it's at a project meeting, or you just happen to run into a peer um, out having coffee or having lunch, You know, you want to engage these individuals and build these relationships, even if they are at a competitive firm of yours. I mean, there's obviously a reason why there's a real competition there. And so we want to encourage you um, to think about that and look very closely at that situation. Um, People want to work with people they like from a relationship standpoint, that is so true. Um, I tell my team all the time that, you know, I actually hired everybody on my team because I actually like these guys and I like coming to work and being around them. And um, it should be the same thing within your organizations. And as you go out and look to hire people, You know, not that you necessarily have to find everyone that's exactly like you, but you want to find people that are very strong in their convictions, very skilled in their abilities, that they understand their discipline extremely well, and that they can come in and represent your company um, from a high level of excellence. And with all that said and done, that you actually like, you genuinely like being around these individuals. And so I think it's really important um, to, to, to take that into consideration. Um, so people really do want to be around and work with people that they like. You know, the other thing is that you want to hire for character and train for skill. We talk about this all the time. And, and the bottom line is, you know, there are a lot of skilled people out there that are jerks. And, you know, I hate to use that word, but the, but you have to think about, you know, the individual. Um, you want to make sure that you're hiring people that are a high of a high character value, more so than anything else, because you can train people from a skill standpoint. Now, obviously, as an engineer or an architect or one of these other disciplines, I mean, these individuals have to have certain abilities that just come with being the, in the profession that they're in. But you cannot teach character. You can only teach skill. So again, think about that and if you ever have a challenge with someone that you're considering hiring because for whatever reason your gut just telling you something's not quite right, stay true to your gut cuz your gut instinct generally never lies to you. The the last thing here is that you have to be willing to cut the wrong people from the team. Um I know recently in the past I had some challenges with some folks on my team and you know, I think I actually may have taken too long uh, to cut these individuals and and uh, in retrospect I, I um, I've learned a lot from that and one of the things that I've learned is that if things are not working out um, they probably won't work out in the future and unless there's some real leadership issues um, you may have to kind of as I like to say cut bait and move on and sometimes that's okay you know I call it addition by subtraction but as as a firm leader as someone that's responsible for bringing on good talent, Um, You also have to know when to let talent go uh, so that you can make room for someone else that may make a a much stronger impression in your organization. Recruiting is also selling. So when we talk about recruiting nowadays, you know, we have to also think of it from a marketing perspective, from a branding perspective. How are you representing your firm out in the marketplace? You have to be able to let people know why your firm is so special, why people would want to work there. And, you know, just keep them abreast of all the amazing things that are happening in your organization. And too often, you know, firms don't yell, yell it from the rooftops in terms of what is special about their firm and, you know, why people would want to work there in the first place. You kind of leave it to people's imaginations. And I believe that's the wrong thing to do. You want to constantly be shouting it from the hilltops. You want to put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook. Um, You know, put videos out there of, of why you guys are a great place to work and let people learn about different individuals that are working for your company that are achieving success and what that success looks like. People are interested in hearing what other people have to say about your company. And, you know, certainly you can control some of the narrative in this part or in this area of recruiting. And that's simply making sure that you're constantly selling the things that need to be sold within your organization uh, when it, when you're trying to attract new talent. Um, you have to create openings to fill right? You have to be able to have new jobs that are coming in that allow you to uh, hire these individuals. You have to create engaging job descriptions. I can't tell you how boring most job descriptions are in the design industry. I think people collectively, and, and some of you are, that are listening to this right now are nodding your heads, saying, yeah, you're right, Randy, my job postings stink. And most most of them do. The reality is, is that we need to be more engaging. We need to figure out ways to market these descriptions um, a little better so that people can understand that. And so you know, we've come up with some different ways to do that. And throughout this program, we're gonna teach you about attractive based job descriptions where you create an attraction. uh, And a attraction might be the location where the company office is, um, some of the special nuances about that neighborhood or about that community. Um, obviously you're going to talk about the discipline and the role itself, which is important, but don't just use that. And only that as a way to get your job posting and job description out there, you want to add more to it. And we're going to talk more about that, uh, in another section that's going to go a little deeper into how you develop those attraction-based job descriptions. Um, you have to have the right people meeting with candidates. Uh, and I can't tell you how important this is, that you have to have key individuals both on your HR staff as well as hiring managers that are meeting with your um, potential talent. You want to make sure these individuals are comfortable talking to people, that they're comfortable and comfortable, very, very comfortable engaging people right where they are and that they can hold a conversation and that they can talk fully about the the, the nuances of your organization. And they are not hamstrung by not fully being able to articulate the value that your company brings to um, the, you know, the greater business community. Um, you want to ba- basically consolidate your recruiting efforts when possible um... that's extremely essential essential uh... it doesn't make sense to spread it around to everyone that is not an efficient model uh... and then lastly you recruiting should should have one person controlling the process so all steps are consistently followed that again might could be the hr person it could be certain hiring managers but you want to have somebody if you don't already have an internal recruiter set up you want to have somebody that's able to gate to deal with that process from beginning to end and know exactly what's happening. If you're working with external recruiters, that person needs to be in constant communication with them at all times so that they know what's going on. And and, and certainly, if you are working with external recruiters, I must say this, that you should, be, you should be getting some type of weekly report from them to give you an update on how their recruiting uh, efforts are going. Because again, without that, you have no idea what's happening. And, and so, and we'll talk a little bit more about the differences between contingency recruiters versus non-contingency recruiters, but there is a difference. And so some recruiters work on commission, some recruiters charge a straight fee and work on retainer. Uh, and so you need to understand the differences between that. And we'll spend some, we'll spend some time talking about that. So I want to share with you a couple of the tips, and again, because I, I'll talk about Mark quite a bit throughout this webinar series, uh, but Mark Zweig is, is a very unique individual. I mean, his his claim to fame was again that starting this this firm back in two thousand back in um, 1988. But even before that, Mark cut his teeth helping a, a very small, which was a very small entre, uh, engineering, entre, entrepreneurial engineering firm in Fort Worth, Texas, grow from about 200 people to ultimately 2,500 people before they were acquired by Jacobs. And that firm is Carter and Burgess. And you know, Mark had a lot of success with them and cut his teeth in the whole HR recruiting arena, working with. Carter and Burgess. Uh, And so he understands what it means to uh, fully develop uh, an HR slash recruiting apparatus that is successful. Um, And we, you know, we've worked with organizations like Carter and Burgess over the years um, to help them run a very lean and mean and aggressive recruiting and talent acquisition uh, program. And so here are some of Mark's tips uh, for recruitment success. The first one is that you should treat every job candidate like gold, right? The idea is that we're all special and anyone that you're engaging with, you shouldn't treat them like a number or just say, well, this is just another resume that I'm looking at. You want to make those candidates feel extremely special. Again, trust me when I say this take your time with each candidate that you you run across, treat them the way you would want to be treated. It's one of those golden rule attributes that we constantly need to remind ourselves to implement. And that is treat others like you yourself would want to be treated. Um, You want to certainly within your organization, organization develop some recruitment sales material. Now, this material can look like it can look like simple brochures, um they can be really cool youtube uh videos that talk about the culture and about all the different cool things that employees in your firm do it can talk about you know what's what Freaky Fridays look like at your organization or casual Wednesdays or anything that you guys do that separates you from the rest of the firms out there and makes you special. You want to highlight that and you want to create residual material that accentuates the positives of your organization. Again, they can be in print. It can be digital, but you want to create a number of different ways to get that message out to people. Um, You want to plan every detail for your interview meeting. I can't tell you how often I hear from hiring managers or from HR people that kind of just wing it and don't put a plan in place. When you're meeting or bringing a prospective candidate into your office, everyone that's going to meet with them should get a detailed itinerary for how things are going to go down. And you may even want to share this itinerary with the candidate as well so that they know what's going to happen. You don't want to leave things to chance or be surprising people throughout the process. You want to let people know what's going on and what will be expected of them throughout, especially your internal people that are meeting with these candidates. I can't tell you how important these details are. Um, You want to get all the candidates' compensation details as soon as possible. Um, When you talk with candidates about offers and and all that good stuff, you can't make offers to someone when you don't know where they stand financially. Um, Making assumptions about where people stand by looking at uh, salary surveys is great but it doesn't work in the real world. And in the real world, we have to deal with real numbers. And so you've got to get financial information from a candidate before you actually sit down and meet with them so you know what you're dealing with. You want to create a situation where you're comparing apples to apples, not apples to oranges. And, you know, from a fruit perspective, I mean, don't be that one. Don't be that fruit. You want to come up with a way to understand exactly where the candidate lies with regard to that. And so when they talk to you about what their base salary or what their total salary is, you want to say, so how much of that is base and how much of that is bonus and how much of that is overtime? You want to learn about all of that and what that total salary encompasses because you don't want to be in a situation where someone just neglected to mention to you that they get an extra 15 or 20 grand a year in bonus compensation. That's important to know because if somebody tells you they earn 80,000 a year, but then in reality, only um, in reality their base salary is like 65,000 because 15,000 of it is bonus. Well, we have to treat that differently than someone that actually earns a base salary of $80,000 a year but I I can't tell you how often this is overlooked. So you really want to make sure that you get all the compensation details for the candidate. Um, Number five, you want to stop being obsessed with why the job candidate wants to make a change. This is Mark Zweig's biggest pet peeve. It's actually my biggest pet peeve as well. It's and, and, and it looks like this. You 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 bring a candidate into your firm. They sit down and meet with you. Maybe they're around the table with a number of different hiring managers, and invariably somebody will blurt out, "So why do you want to leave your present job?" And to me, it is one of the worst questions that you can ask a potential job candidate, especially. If it's a candidate that's not actively looking, someone that you know, in some 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 parlance of the language, we may call them passive candidates, but we like to call them candidates that are not actively looking. These are candidates that you need to sell the opportunity to. So just because you have a position open doesn't mean that they're just going to fall over head over heels and be like, oh well, sign me up. No, you've got to be able to sell the opportunity to that individual and asking that. Simple question of, you know, what, you know, what does, uh, you know, why do you want to leave your present firm or current job is, is really not a good question to ask. There are a lot of better questions that you can ask about what makes this individual different. Um, maybe what was one of the, cha- the most challenging situations that they've found themselves in in the last 12 months? What are they most proud of uh, in terms of their job experience where they currently are? What are they least proud of? Things of that nature are more important than finding out or asking you know, why someone wants to leave their current job because you may get an answer that you don't like, which could come somewhat like this, where they say, you know what? I really don't wanna leave my current job. I only took this meeting because you called me up and approached me about something fantastic that your firm was doing and I was willing to talk to you or my recruiter that I spoke to and will use my name, Randy, promised me that this was a great firm and that you guys were doing some amazing things. But I'm kind of second guessing whether or not Randy was actually right about that. Um, and so you don't you don't want to ask questions that you may not like the answer to. And that would certainly be one question that we would ask you to avoid. Number six, if if you're getting hot and heavy with the candidate and things are really going well and you have to relocate somebody, I definitely advise you to get a realtor involved. Uh, In our shop, from a recruiting perspective, whenever we are dealing with relocation, we always get a realtor involved. It is important and they will save your bacon at the end of the day. Because when you bring somebody in from out of town and you have a very competent realtor that knows the environment, knows the market, talks to the candidate before they even come to learn the type of home that they're currently living in and what they're expecting on the other side where you guys are, that saves a lot of time and wasted effort and energy on your part. Because this realtor, if they're worth their weight will be able to definitely help you out. They will be able to engage the candidate um, from a relocation perspective and answer a lot of questions that maybe even you yourself can't answer. Uh, They'll take them to certain um, neighborhoods that might be in line with what they currently have right now. And also they can learn about some of the objections that the candidate may have before you get to the offer stage. And that's really important to do uh, and that it sets you up for success because you're able to deal with these objections and try to get this person hired um, in an economical manner. Um, The next thing to think about is look for ways to talk to the spouse. If a candidate that you're speaking with in recruiting is married, now granted, you may not be able to ask that question because it's not a legal question to ask, and we will certainly go into what's legal and what isn't legal in another section of becoming a better recruiter. I want to encourage you to really think about Engaging the spouse, determining once you learn that there is a spouse involved and that maybe there are children, some simple questions to ask is what does your spouse work? Um, what would your spouse? Does your spouse? Is your spouse interested or does do they know anything about the area where we are? Uh, if it's a relocation, if it's not, then you know what would your spouse think about you considering changing jobs? What about your kids? Are your kids involved in sports? If you're relocating, uh, is that going to impact your situation? I had one client that we were dealing with, a candidate specifically, um, had a son that was playing football in high school. And uh, honestly, he was at a high level and he couldn't afford to relocate for his senior year with his father um, to take a position. And so his father had to make arrangements to keep his son back where he currently lived, where he lived before he took a job with our client. And so sometimes these things are important to understand and so you've got to factor that in. And on the other side of that, if you know that your area offers something of a tangible benefit to a family member of the person that you're trying to hire, you want to you accentuate that positive and let them know about that. That's what doing your homework is all about when it comes to relocating a good candidate. Um, You want to write a good offer. It's very, very important to construct a very good offer that you present to the candidate and you walk them through it. And again, there's a section on offers uh, and interviews that we're going to talk about. And we'll go uh, a little deeper into the whole offer section and what that looks like and um, how you can set your firm up for success and get more offers uh, accepted. And then number nine, don't give the candidate forever to make their decision it's a no-no to give somebody two or three or four weeks of time to think about um, the opportunity. You really want to keep them on point. And I would say no more than 72 hours for a decision. And if it's anything beyond that, then certainly it would be an exception to the rule uh, with what we recommend here at Zui Group. Uh, we tell our clients all the time, give somebody 24 to 48 hours on the top end, 72. Anything beyond that or a weekend, you know, you're asking for trouble because then at that point they may be shopping your offer around either to their current firm or maybe to somebody else that they're considering working with. So please keep that in mind. Now, uh, the last four tips from Mark. Uh, number 10 Ask the candidate how he or she will respond to a counter offer should one be made, and it probably will be. With every candidate that we recruit here at Zui Group, we give them the counter offer script. We give it early and we give it often. If you assume or think that just because you make a great offer to a candidate, that they're not gonna be courted, courted by their current firm, you are sadly mistaken. Please, if you do nothing else in listening to this particular webinar session, make sure that you create and set up a very valid counter offer script and sometimes this script needs to be modified for each candidate that you're dealing with depending on the situation. But you want to make sure you address with them and help them understand what accepting a counteroffer ultimately means. There's a certain level of fidelity or trust that is eroded with their current firm. Um, there are a number of other issues that come up, and a lot of times that people with people that accept counteroffers, they usually don't remain at their firm for beyond eight or 12 months after accepting that counteroffer. And there are some statistics to back up that assertion. So really want you to be aware of that. Um, we'll talk more about counteroffer scripts during the offer uh, and interview phase of becoming a better recruiter. Number 11, if the candidate tells you they'll accept, but want to wait until they turn their notice into their boss, discourage that. Okay, you wanna move quickly. You can even give the candidate an example of a letter that they would turn into their employer to let them know that they've decided to change uh, jobs. We do that with all of our candidates just to help them along in the process because people aren't quitting jobs every day and they don't know what these letters look like and so we take the angst away from a candidate and give them a document that they can then take and make their own and then turn that in when they give their notice. So don't leave anything to chance. When you are 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 actively going after and spending a lot of time with somebody, this is this is the area where the rubber really does meet the road, and where you need to stay consistent in your recruitment process of making sure that you do these things. These check boxes have to be checked off, and certainly the counter offer script and and giving a candidate um, a um, a letter. Uh, to hand to their client with regard to uh, their decision to uh, take up new employment with you is very important. Uh, Number 12, always get a backup candidate when and where possible. Uh, I say always, but I understand that in some instances, that's not always the case. But I would suggest that you definitely keep your options open until you get uh, someone to sign on the dotted line for an open position that you have. And even then, wait until they've shown up for their first day of work, and they've stayed there for a while before you totally uh, get rid of anybody else that you may be aware of. I can't tell you how often we run into this problem uh, where people, um, you know, decide that you know a couple of days into a new job that this isn't right for them, and then they go back to their old job, and and um, generally they will that their old firm will usually welcome them with open arms. So you don't want to lose somebody in that situation. Um, Number 13, and the final uh, of of Mark's uh, tips for recruitment success, is that if someone turns down your job offer, ask them why. You do want to know why they didn't accept your job. You need to do an exit interview with anyone that ever leaves your company, obviously, but you also need to do an exit interview with anyone that you're actively recruiting. You want to know why things didn't work out Uh, and why they're moving on um, to do something else, or why they don't want to consider it. Because maybe you have a blind spot. Maybe there's something about your organization that you weren't aware of, and it's really important um, for you to to learn about that and and try to improve in that area. So highly recommend that you think about that. So I want to share with you some statistics that we're going to share throughout um, the Becoming a Better Recruiter webinar series. And and we have a book. uh, It's called Zwai Group's Recruitment and Retention Survey. It's the 2016 version. And um, we have a number of statistics that are in that book that are really helpful. And it's exclusively for the design and construction industry. And um, the first uh, tip that I wanted to share or first survey result is that almost two-thirds, 64% of firms have in-house recruiting staffs, which we find actually interesting. We're seeing more and more firms that are um, that are definitely, um, you know, taking up the opportunity to uh, to do and have um, uh, in-house recruiting staffs. It works for some firms, and for others, it may not work. And so, we certainly want to, um, you know, want to encourage you to think about that uh, and whether or not you really do have a need um, for a. Um, An internal recruiting staff. And if you don't, then you want to make sure that if you're going out and looking for an external recruiting group, that you you find somebody that's really, really solid uh, and that will represent your company as if they are an extension uh, to your uh, your HR uh, and recruitment apparatus internally. So I hope that helps you out. Um, Another piece of information that we found from this survey is that A majority of respondents, 24%, said the candidate pool, i.e., is not large enough, was the biggest obstacle to finding qualified candidates. We all know this. Newsflash finding good engineers and good architects and good environmental consultants and good landscape architects and good planners and good construction management people is very difficult. Again, we recognize that you're not printing these. uh, we're not printing engineers and architects on a daily basis and until they figure out a way to start cloning people, um, it's just not going to be there for us. And so we have to be mindful of the fact that the candidate pool that we're pulling from is very fall. is very small. and uh, we have to make sure that we you know we stay on top of that. Um, so let's move on. I want to share with you just a simple case study of two employees um that work uh, that are very similar in terms of their profession and discipline but are very different in terms of the outcomes. so we've got employee a and employee b employee a and and some of you may recognize these individuals because they work right in your firm but employee a makes seventy thousand dollars per year they work about 40 hours a week nothing more and nothing less employee b makes about ninety thousand per year this individual works 48 plus hours per week and sometimes on the weekend if needed. Employee B is the type of person you can grow a company around. Now, when you look at them side by side, you look at employee A, he's 32 years old, uh, bills out at $100 per hour with a 70 to 80% utilization rate. They sell about one hundred and forty dollars to $150,000 in revenue annually. Then you compare them to their peer at employee B. 32 years old, bills out at $125 per hour with 100% utilization rate. Now, of course, every firm would love to have 100% utilization rate. Um, Sometimes that is achievable, it really depends. Um, This individual also sells $250,000 in revenue annually. Plus, they sell directly or indirectly another $600,000 to $800,000 in work for others to perform. So they're not only going out and getting business for themselves, but they're also going out and getting business for other people on the team to do. Now, another comparison between employee A and employee B. Um, Employee A does not sell work for others to perform, nor have clients requesting him or her on jobs. Employee A is constantly complaining about management which brings down the other employees around him or her. And then employee A rarely seeks out opportunities for professional development. And that's that's a big no-no. Employee B, on the other hand, sells work and has clients requesting him or her on their projects, offers to do brown bag lunches to discuss their area of expertise with younger staff and interns, and is constantly looking for ways to develop professionally those are the type of people that you're looking for so you have to ask yourself which of these employees is more valuable to your firm employee a or employee b now you know the reality is is that most firms want employee b right i mean it's a no brainer but they're not willing to spend the money so they end up settling for employee a now I know some of you right now, as you watch this video, are nodding your head in, a, in, in agreement saying, yep, you're absolutely right. We've settled in many of instances when it came to talent and we got employee A instead of what we needed or wanted, which was employee B. And I'm here to tell you folks, you do have a choice. It's A lot of it is what we're teaching you throughout this seminar series in terms of how you improve the process, how you engage um, talent, and how you make them aware of uh, of what you're of what you're trying to do and why your firm is different. You want to bring the best and brightest onto your team, and you don't want to make exceptions. You don't want to cut corners because ultimately you will end up with employee A. And I don't know any firm that is, and I'll use our language, a hot firm or a best firm to work with. Um, best firm to work for that has a bunch of employee A's running around. It just doesn't happen. You want to be a high growth, high value firm that where people want to work there, you need to be hiring employee B type people on a regular basis. Now, the next thing I want to share real quickly before we close out is that the candidate potential candidate database is very important. Um, You want to keep track of every resume that is coming into your office. Um, You want to make sure that every hiring manager is um, keeping abreast of any possible individual that's out there. It's part of that whole building a relationship thing that we talked about earlier. Whenever hiring managers come in contact with really great Uh, engineers or architects or environmental consultants or whatever. You need to make sure that they're collecting business cards, that they collect a V card or some other information that you can then keep in a database in your organization. And that database needs to be shared company-wide. You want to have a constant commitment to data integrity and building this database. Anyone that's part of the hiring manager process or part of HR or recruiting within your organization needs to have access to this database. We use Salesforce here at ZWI Group, uh, among a few other programs. Um, You know, they're usually called CRMs or customer relationship management um, tools, but you want to make sure you have something. It can be a spreadsheet. It can be Excel. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but you want to keep the information available so that at any given point in time, you can go through the list of people that you guys have come in contact with over the years or over the last few months and determine who you want to reach out to to talk about a new opportunity within your organization. Again, it's just part of the process of priming the pump over and over again with great talent. As you come uh, in, in contact with these, these individuals, put them in your database. Um, the second place you look when you have a recruitment need Um, is this database. Obviously, the first place that you look would be internally, right? Because again, no one wants to work at a firm when every time a new need comes up, everybody goes outside to look for that individual, that new um, candidate that they want to find. You need to look internally. You need to make sure that you have an apparatus in place to spread the word to everyone that works with you internally first before you go externally to try to find someone. I can tell you this, the simplest way to erode faith in an organization is that whenever a new need arises in the company, you first go out. Your first instinct is to go outside the company to find someone. That is a huge no-no. Look internally because you have a lot of stars that are there that can really make a difference for your organization. And I highly recommend that you take the time um, to look for those individuals internally first before you start to go externally and look at your database to see if there's anybody else out there. And then um, this will certainly having this um, candidate, potential candidate database will allow you to be more tactical and effective in your recruiting efforts. And I can't tell you that the, the way to have an efficient recruiting apparatus is to make sure that you have a great database in place and that you're constantly keeping track of all the great people that are out there that could potentially work well within your organization. Now, We would normally have Q&A at this time, but because this is a a webinar that's being recorded, what I'm gonna say to you guys, and I'm gonna give you some information in a second, is that you can always reach out to me with any questions and answers that you would have um, about this process and about what we're discussing, specifically in the area of recruitment, relationships and marketing. And so uh, there'll be a number of ways that I'm going to share with you in a second that will uh, be able to help you out when it comes to uh, asking questions specifically. And hopefully for our next session, which is coming up uh, in a few weeks, uh, we will have all of our uh, technical glitches worked out and that we will be, be live again. Uh, I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. Um, I've also created a tip sheet for you. Um, please write this down. The tip sheet is at bit.ly forward slash tips. Stands for ZY Group um, Becoming a Better Recruiter Tips. But again, the website is bit.ly forward slash tips. Uh, and I've created a tip sheet that I will update and add new information on there uh, for you to utilize throughout um, your participation in this webinar series. So up next, we're going to talk about session three which is making your firm a great place to work. And we're gonna go into a deep dive. We'll talk a little bit about the attraction-based job description. We'll talk a little bit about how you set your firm apart from everybody else. We'll talk about personal and professional development and so many of the little things that you need to be doing on a regular basis to make your firm a great place to work. Now, some of you may be saying, well, Randy, our firm is already a great place to work. I got it, I understand. The reality is, is that there's always room for improvement the moment that you think you've got it all figured out is honestly when you really realize you don't. And so we certainly want to help you in that area and make you the best that you can certainly be. Uh, Here's a list of our upcoming webinar schedule. Um, We've got uh, September 1st, we will be doing Making Your Firm a Great Place to Work, Uh, September 29th, we're going to do Know Your uh, Numbers, which we're going to talk about recruiting uh, key performance indicators or KPIs, um, knowing what your cost per hire is. We're going to get into the nitty and gritty of that. Uh, I can't wait for that section because it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, especially for those of you out there that are numbers people. Um, October 13th, um, we're going to do a section on uh, successful interviews and even better offers. And we're going to get into the, the the legal and illegal questions that you shouldn't be asking during an interview process. And we're going to also talk about crafting a strong offer. And then finally, on November third, we're going to close this out with um, a section on social media and mobile recruiting. All of these um, webinars will earn you uh, one CEU for continuing education credits. So that you'll you'll get the you'll get this information. You've got to register in order to get the certificate in order to get the continuing education credits. And I highly recommend that um, we'll be sending out information to make sure that you have the time to register for each and every one of these upcoming events. And so I highly recommend that you take the time to do that. Um, Lastly, I want to thank you again uh, for for, uh, enjoying this Becoming a Better Recruiter session. Uh, this is number two, uh, recruitment relationships and marketing. And to continue the discussion about recruitment and retention online, use the hashtags BBRWebinar and hashtag Group. Whenever you want to ask a question on Twitter or any other social media, we will be tracking these hashtags. And in addition, we'll certainly respond to anything posted on social media on this topic. Um, you can also reach us on Facebook or on Twitter at ZY Group. And uh, again, my information is there. I'm Randy Wilburn. My cell number is there. Call me anytime. And then if, of course, you want to email me, you can email me at rwilburn at zweigroup.com or on Twitter at Randy Wilburn. Listen, I want to thank you so much uh, for uh, taking the time to watch this webinar today. I look forward to seeing you uh, in the next couple of weeks, with session number three.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this Zwig Letter podcast exclusive. We hope that you can apply Mark's no holds barred advice to your daily professional life. For a free transcript of this or any episode of our podcast, please visit info.zwiggroup.com/podcast. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about finance, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe to the print or digital version of the Zwig Letter online at zygroup.com slash publications.